Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is October 18th, and our reading comes from 1 Timothy chapter 3. And in this chapter, Paul is talking about the character of of church leaders. Beginning in verse 1, he says this, if someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So that's good. Verse 2, so a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. In other words, I have an expectation for me, our staff, our church leaders to live in such a way that at the city, the people around us, our family and friends, if they knew us, it wouldn't discredit the work of God. It wouldn't discredit the church, right? In fact, it would reinforce our message and everything that we believe and teach. So then he gets into the details of what that looks like. He says, first of all, he must be faithful to his wife. So one of the things that we've all got to fight for in our culture is sexual purity and relational purity. So important. And this is true for pastors. We have to be careful about counseling somebody of the opposite sex, being alone with somebody of the opposite sex. We have to be very careful about electronics, devices, computers, cell phones, doing all we can to guard our sexual purity and to treat anyone of the opposite sex with great honor and respect. He says next, he must exercise self-control. He must live wisely and he must have a good reputation. So I've got to be a person that's not too impulsive and kind of out of control and flying off the handle. I got to be a person of of wisdom. So I've spent enough time in the Word of God to allow the Word of God to penetrate my mind and my heart and my life so that I'm living by that wisdom. So important. And I need to have a good reputation, which goes back again to being above reproach. Then he says he must enjoy having guests in his home. So he's got to be hospitable. He's got to care about people. At the end of the day, you can't be a pastor if you don't love people and enjoy being with people and willing to open up your home and invite people in. So that Because often our discipleship is allowing people to see the way we live and the way we do family. In fact, I was having a conversation yesterday with a friend, and he said, my time in your home marked me. When he saw the way we did marriage, saw the way we parented our kids, saw the way we worked with leaders, saw the way we used our home as a ministry tool and lived out and modeled our faith, had a profound impact on him. So somebody that's going to be in a leadership position in the church is also somebody that enjoys people and enjoys having them in their life and in their home. I love that. And then he says this. He says he must be able to teach. So if you're going to be a church leader, you've got to be able to articulate. You've got to understand and be able to articulate the truth of the gospel because we've got to reinforce that over and over and over again. Verse 3, he must not be a heavy drinker. And I think it's interesting. It doesn't say you can't ever drink. So it's not like a church leader can't have a glass of wine or a beer. But we can't be a heavy drinker. We're certainly not a drunk, an alcoholic. We're certainly not under the influence of alcohol. We're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, right? That's what I love about Ephesians 5.18. It says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be under the influence of alcohol, but be under the influence, be filled with the Spirit. So at the end of the day, if you can't manage your alcohol or your food or your money or your 
reputation or your temper, my inability to manage those things indicates there's something unfinished in my heart that could keep me from qualifying to lead. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not qualified to lead at some point in the future, but I need to work out those things in my heart, then lead so that I can say to other people, follow my example as I follow Jesus. So I want to be able to model for people everything I expect or everything I'm asking of them. Then he says, you can't be violent. So obviously it would be inappropriate for a church leader to be a fighter. And, you know, I mean, it's normal to lose your temper. It's normal to get angry. It's normal to have the same emotions that anybody else would have. I just need to be angry without sin. I need to be angry without taking a swing at somebody, right? I've got to be able to have enough self-control to control my anger. Then he says he must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not a lover of money. So we need to be gentle with people. So when we're leading people, we got to lead them gently. When we're correcting people, we have to correct them gently. When we're giving instruction, we have to do that gently. We have to be careful that we're not quick to pick a fight. You know, one of the things that I always notice when I'm around, especially young leaders, is do they feel compelled to point out every perceived uh, mistake somebody makes or if somebody says something and, it, and it's not exactly right? Do they feel compelled to always correct people? Do they Are they argumentative? Are they quick to disagree? Are they contrary? And Paul says, if so... That's not good because, again, often we get, we're get we getting in fights in the church about things that don't really matter because we're just quarrelsome. He says you can't be quarrelsome. He says you can't be a lover of money. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with me taking care of my family financially, and, and Definition Church has always been very generous to me and, and our staff, but I've got to be careful not to love money, right? i got to love God and use money to take care of my family and to build the kingdom just like you do. So I want to be careful that money or materialism isn't dominating my life. Verse 4, he must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man can't manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? So one of the things that's true is the family is a training ground for a church leader. When I think about my marriage crisis 25 years ago that y'all have heard so much about, my marriage became a training ground. What I have learned in my marriage has empowered me in all of my relationships, has empowered me as a leader, has empowered me to help build culture. So, so much of who I am and how I lead in the culture of our church flows out of what God was doing in my heart, in my marriage, and in my family. So, I've got to manage my family well because learning to do so empowers me to manage and to lead the church well. Verse 6, a church leader must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. So important. We got to be careful that we don't promote people too quickly before they have the maturity to handle the recognition and the responsibility, the authority that they're being trusted with. We, We just have to be Really, really careful. Remember, maturity takes time. And no matter how hard we try, 
to grow and to mature in our faith, relationships just take time to develop. And that's true even in our relationship with God. It takes time for that relationship to mature. And sometimes we take a young guy who has a gift and we put him on a big stage and then the popularity and the attention and and all that comes with that stage actually destroys him and works against his character and causes him to fall. So we have to be real careful about promoting people too quickly or when they're too young. Verse 7, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall in the devil's trap. Then he says, in the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. Now here at Definition Church, we don't have a role that we call deacon. But what we have said is that basically the New Testament role of deacon is somebody who served and took care of the practical needs of the church. And in the same way for us, the people that play the role of deacon at Definition Church is basically our small group leaders, where they're taking care of and pastoring a small group of people, and it removes that burden from our staff. So our staff is pouring into those small group leaders, and those small group leaders are pastoring and taking care of the church. So for small group leaders, he says, same thing. They should be well-respected. They should have integrity. They should not be heavy drinkers. They should not be dishonest with money. They should be committed to the faith. They should understand the mystery of faith, understand the gospel. And they've got to have, again, verse 11, they've got to have great marriages. They've got to have great families, great kids, verse 12. They need to be respected by other people. So in the very same way, Paul holds these church leaders to a very high standard. The way we've said this so many times at Definition is... Our leadership, kind of one of the big leadership principles for us is that we will never ask you to do what we're not already doing. We're going to model that. We're going to go first. And basically what Paul is saying here in 1 Timothy chapter 3 is a pastor needs to live out everything he's preaching and teaching. You can only take people as far as you've gone. Or another way to say it is the church always becomes a reflection of who you are as a leader. So it's so important that I'm focused as a leader first on my own spiritual growth, my own heart, the condition of my own soul. I'm addressing all the things in this list personally. So then I have the credibility to lead and I can invite the church, follow me as I follow Jesus and I'm leading them into a life that blesses them, a blessed life, an abundant life. So let's just take a minute and pray for all of our church leaders, pastors all over America, the staff here in our church, the church leaders, lay leaders in our church, our small group leaders. And let's just ask God to bless them. Father, thank you so much for spiritual leaders. I think about the leaders in my own life who've had such a profound impact through the years, poured so much into me, encouraged me, strengthened me. And God, we just pray for pastors all over this nation that you'd bless them and that you'd produce a revival in their heart, that you'd draw them close to you, that they would just really sense you working in their heart and their soul to take care of them and to grow them and strengthen them. God, I pray for our own staff. I pray that same thing in the church leaders here at Definition Church. God, help us as a team to work together, to help each other keep moving in our relationship with you, to keep growing, to be with you, to become like you, to do what you did here in our church and in our city. In Jesus' name, we pray. 
Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me. Really appreciate all your love and support to me and our church staff through the years. And let's continue to pray for them, that God would use them and anoint them to to lead us and to impact our city and the world for Jesus. So thanks for being with me. Hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.